The Chicago Transit Authority's new plan to address reliability and safety on trains and buses. Ridership continues to increase, but folks have consistently seen ghost buses along most routes. Those are buses that show up on your app but never actually arrive at the stop. There has also been an increase in the number of reports of violence and crime on trains. So joining us now to talk through the details of the CTA's plan to address those concerns is Manny Ramos, transportation reporter at the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome back to Reset, Manny. Hi, Sunshine. Thank you for having me back on. So remind us about the concerns around safety and and reliability on the CTA. I want to start with reliability. Paint that picture for us. Yeah, for sure. So reliability has become a big issue in sort of this post-pandemic world. Um, you know, you mentioned ghost buses, which seems to be a product of, uh, of and, and, you know, uh, seems to be a product of sort of these pre-planned schedules um, that buses are set to appear at a particular uh, stop um, and they're showing on the tracking system. However, they just simply disappear and folks are having to wait much longer uh, in time uh, for those buses to, to reappear or for the next one down the line. Uh, this seems to be mostly an issue of just bus operators, uh, CTA having a shortage of bus operators of about nearly 800 bus drivers or something like that. Um, and that means that they don't have the bodies to necessarily hit those routes, uh, leaving many of these sudden disappearance of buses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been certain uh, concerns on how exactly is the best way to approach this. Um, and, and that's sort of where this plan of CTA has come in so far in terms of reliability to really get at the grid and start recruiting people uh, more into these positions that there's a gaping hole in. What about when it comes to safety? So the number of violent crimes on the L and buses has jumped in a way not seen in over a decade, really. Uh, An analysis from crime data um, by the Chicago Sun-Times found. Uh, Through July uh, July 19th, the data we we had looked at, about 488 attacks had been reported on the transit system, the most since 533 during the same period in 2011. So violent crime accounts for more than 26% of the eight, over 1,800 crimes reported on CTA this year. Um, so for comparison, in 2018 and 2019, uh, where there were far more riders uh, in a pre-pandemic world, violent crimes only amounted to about 13% of total crimes in the system. So while it's true crime overall has remained about the same um, in terms of just the overall uh, nonviolent as well as violent crime, Violent crime in particular has increased, and the number of passengers are far less than they were uh, pre-pandemic, so meaning that they are more likely to encounter some sort of violent crime than they were in the past. You know, the the CTA is the country's second largest public transit agency, but it's still just one of the many systems facing these issues that you describe, Manny. What do you think we can learn from how other cities are handling reliability and safety concerns? Well, that's the thing. I think all of these transit systems across the country are dealing with the same problem, right? We have a growing crime or a rising crime issue that's happening across the country um, as they're coming out of this pandemic, and 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 and, and resources have been stretched thin. You know, CTA has been trying to grapple with this by adding more security guards, increasing CPD patrols, uh, bringing back canine units, but the crime on the red line has still been jarring. Uh, which includes, you know, uh, you know, someone having to fight back multiple muggers. Now, what can be done? I know over in Dallas, they've increased their, uh, you know, police force to really to, to man these, these systems. Um, but really, it's just a matter of, you know, when you speak with advocates on, on, on the best way to sort of bring people back and, and, and also the best way in minimizing crime, and that has to have buses and trains moving on schedule and not having delays as well as more, uh, you know, seamless onboarding processes for customers. 
the, the way advocates look at it, the more people that can rely on these services, they will, they will start taking public transit again, and the more people on these systems will be a deterrent in itself to stop crime. But I think, it's, I think it's important to also note that CTA isn't alone in this. Like I mentioned, other transit agencies are going through the same issues. Yeah. And, and there must be really a targeted approach across all agencies in Chicago, not just the transit system, to deal with the root issues of, of crime, um, whether that be addressing poverty, um, access to quality housing, and other greater social safety programs uh, to, to, to really help and, and, and target these problems from, yeah. from festering on, on our public transit system. Well, I want to bring in another conversation, another voice to the conversation. Brian Steele is with us. He's a spokesperson for the CTA. Welcome back to Reset, Brian. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So the CTA's plan, Brian, it's, it's broken down into these five pillars. I know you've been listening along to Manny's breakdown there, and he says largely a lot of these issues, they're being faced everywhere. So, so talk about the CTA specifically. How are you looking to address, first of all, the staffing shortages? Right. Well, uh, last Thursday, uh, CTA President Carter unveiled our plan called Meeting the Moment. Uh, it's really a comprehensive action plan that uh, I don't believe any other transit agency in the country has pursued it. Basically, it's tackling these myriad issues on a number of fronts. But what you mentioned and what Mr. Ramos mentioned is is one of the biggest issues we face are our workforce challenges. The bottom line is if you don't have enough people to drive your trains and buses, your service is not going to be as good as you want it to be. Right. Uh, that workforce challenge is something that every, not only transit, but transportation and really pretty much every industry is experiencing the effects of the great resignation, uh, people retiring and not being being able to backfill those positions. The good news is we are making great progress on that front. We've had a couple recent bus graduation classes that are the largest classes we've had in almost two years. Okay. Uh, we welcome 80 bus operators and we're set to welcome about 70 more. So that's one of the areas that we're really focused on, because once we have that staffing, we are better better able to meet our schedule. Mm -hmm. Now, you and Mr. Ramos mentioned something else, that we really have been listening to our customers. Uh, meeting the moment, our action plan, is really based on a lot of customer feedback, a lot of the things that we've heard throughout the pandemic. One of the issues is the challenges of service. One of the things that we have begun to do is called service optimization. Basically, we are taking the resources that we have to put service out mm -hmm. and providing a service schedule that meets those resources. Uh, one of the biggest customer complaints uh, that we get, and rightfully so, is there's no reliability in the service. Sometimes I might wait five minutes for a train. Yeah. And, and the ghost buses, right? Exactly. Same same with ghost bus. They'll say, hey, I'm waiting for my bus, and it's, it's on the tracker, and then all of a sudden it's disappeared. Now, those really at their core, those aren't necessarily technological issues. They have everything to do with our staffing shortages. So we do think that this, uh, increasing our staff, uh, yeah. hiring new people will help address that. But we are also looking at improving our digital tools that we use for our rider communication. Uh, in the coming weeks, you're going to be hearing about some changes and tweaks that we're making to our train and bus tracker, which are really important customer mm -hmm. tools. Uh, they also feed the screens that are at the rail stations. But again, our goal is really to provide consistent, reliable service. So how, how are you tackling safety? 
Uh, well, safety is, is, is a, as Mr. Ramos mentioned, is something that transit agencies throughout the country are addressing. The good news is we have a dedicated police force here in the city of Chicago, and that's the uh, Chicago Police Department's Public Transportation Unit. Those are officers and detectives that are dedicated solely to public transit. Uh, so we have officers out on the system every single day. We are adding to those officers, uh, and CTA bolsters those with not only a, a contracted private security guard force, but pretty soon we will be reintroducing canine patrols on the system. Yeah. Manny, ridership tanked right as the pandemic hit, but is it fully back at this point? Uh, not yet, and Steele can probably talk about the numbers, but right now, uh, in 2019, monthly riders were about 38 million. Um, but in May, uh, which is the latest data available um, this year, uh, that number is fewer than half. Um, so it, it, it's really a it, it, it has creeped up and is moving in the trajectory upwards um, and is, is, is you know breaking records of, of other previous pandemic months. Um, but it's still nowhere as close to what it was in, in 2019 or, or beforehand. Mm-hmm. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about the CTA's new plan to address safety and reliability concerns. We're with Manny Ramos, a Chicago Sun-Times transportation reporter, and Brian Steele with the CTA. I'm curious, Brian, um, with less ridership and, and fewer drivers before this plan, how has the CTA's budget changed? throughout the pandemic. Well, our budget hasn't changed. We have the same operating budget uh, because one of the things that CTA did that most other uh, transit agencies across the country did not do is even at the beginning of the pandemic, we continued to run full service. That's because even though ridership plummeted, as you mentioned, there were still essential workers, uh, emergency responders, uh, critical personnel that needed to get to and from work and and their other uh, important duties. So, and also at that time, remember, we were still social distancing. So we ran full trains and bus service, you know, to provide people, even though ridership was down, they had ample uh, space to spread out on the vehicles. Um, But as Mr. Ramos noted, ridership has been trending upward consistently. Uh, We are uh, well over, not well over, we are just over 50% of our pre-pandemic ridership. And that's a number that continues to grow. One of the biggest areas of growth that we've seen is on weekend and special event ridership. Uh, So things like Pride Parade, things like the Wrigley Field concert, uh, things like the coming year in water show, uh, we have and plan to see uh, jumps in ridership that really are very close to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. Well, would the, would the agency's budget increase to make room for some of these changes that you're making, or are riders going to be left to pay the cost with an increase in, in ticket prices, for instance? The changes that we were making will fall within the existing CTA budget. Okay. We do not plan on increasing fares or changing our budget. We do, however, uh, plan on making improvements to our service, to our safety and security, and to our customer experience to, to really address some of the things that you and Mr. Ramos have talked about earlier. Manny, what have you heard from transportation advocates in, in response to the plan? Uh, I mean, overall, transportation advocates seem to be okay with it. Um, I mean, much of the plan has already been, you know, uh, uh, publicized in the media, especially when we talk about uh, uh, the the approach to, to crime with the increasing of security guards and patrol units. Um, these things are were already out. Uh, CTA had made these announcements, uh, you know, um, weeks ahead of the, the release of this report. So overall, I mean, the, the, the temperament of the report itself is good. Um, it's a good step to have sort of this framework, right? Um, but it, it, it sort of they want to see exactly how it's executed. Are you hearing anything from from drivers about ridership going up recently, or whether they've had to you know work overtime to meet demand? Any concerns? 
Uh, no, I haven't heard anything along those lines yet. What about you, Brian? Uh, no, we certainly uh, offer overtime to some of our operators, uh, but obviously we don't want to overwork our, our operators. So we are doing uh, everything that we can to put out as much service as possible. And again, in the in the coming weeks, including very soon, you're going to see some announcement about some service optimization that we're making that really is going to provide that consistent, reliable wait times that customers have told us that they want to see. Uh, we, we, we sense that and customers have told us that they understand that we're seeing the effects of the pandemic like everyone else. But what they want is to see their service more reliable, more consistent, and that's what we're working toward. Um, The CTA's timeline to accomplish this plan, what are you thinking? Near-term and short-term. You're going to be seeing some announcements, uh, frankly, probably within a few days. Uh, You will see some announcements early this fall. You will see some announcements later this year. The uh, meeting the moment plan is intended to address not only these near-term issues that we and everyone else are seeing, but also some of these longer-term issues. Uh, I'll reference back to some of the improvements that we're making to the train and bus trackers. We're going to be introducing a whole new interface uh, for our bus tracker uh, that uses um, a, a mapping interface so people can get a visual on the location of bus versus just a clock that shows the time uh, uh, for the anticipated arrival. Uh, you'll also see some other digital changes uh, on uh, some of the screens on our trains and buses and in our stations. So we we view this as both a short-term and a long-term commitment because we are committed to bringing our ridership back. Now, a lot of that is going to depend on how workforces bring their workers back. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason that CTA ridership is so low is because most people still aren't coming into the office five days a week. So as that changes and as new ridership patterns and numbers uh, emerge, we want to be prepared to accommodate that new ridership and uh, I'm confident that we'll be able to do so. Brian Steele is a spokesperson for the Chicago Transit Authority and Manny Ramos is a transportation reporter at the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.